Welcome. You're listening to the Heritage Podcast. To learn more about Heritage, including meeting times and upcoming events, visit us online at www.heritageff.org. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Go to our Bibles, and as we go to our Bibles, let's uh, open it up. Let's, let's, uh, let me pray with you, and then we'll have our confession of faith. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for tonight. This uh, service uh, that we're about ready to get into, this time of teaching, this time of exp- uh, expounding on the Word of God, we do it by, by recognition, by what's known as holy fear, reverence, that the Word is so true and, and it should be treated with great honor. So every time we open up the book, it's not just a, a, a writing or a scripture or just having another service to fill time. It is vital to our life and success in Jesus' name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being the greatest teacher there is. Thank you for instructing me on what to share today. And thank you that it will, it will produce for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, this is my Bible. Come on, say it with me. This is my Bible. Out of it proceed the issues of life. And I can have what my Bible said I can have. I can go where my Bible said I can go, and I'm everything my Bible said I am. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Right now, I'll receive faith, and I'll be better because of it in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, As we get started today, uh, we're studying on seven things to do with the Word of God. And we're on this, uh, on tonight, the study of the Word of God. I want to continue with this. There's no way that we can exhaust the subject matter of reading the Bible, studying the Bible, and then meditating on the Word. Let me read that word, the Word of God. Then after you meditate, pray the Word of God. Then after you pray the Word of God, and then you confess the Word of God. Once you confess the Word of God, you do the Word of God. And once you can do the Word of God, you see the manifestation of the Word of God. Those things are very crucial, and we can't exhaust that subject. So tonight we're going to go on with studying the Word of God, and it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing for you and I to study. But I'm absolutely convinced of this, and, and uh, I've watched this, and I've talked to people about this. You will never want to study the Bible regularly unless you have a reading habit. If you're not reading the Word, you have nothing to study. So you must want to read the Word of God daily, have a daily habit of reading the Word, whatever time level that is. You need to read the Word. Then once you read the Word, that gives birth to the studying of it. You can't meditate on anything you've not studied. You will never pray about, or excuse me, meditate on anything you've not studied. And you will never pray about anything you've not meditated on. And you'll never confess anything unless you've prayed about it. And then you'll never, you'll, and then you'll never uh, see manifestations on things you've not saying daily with the authority of your heart because all of it traces back to what we read and study. Listen to this. This is a very powerful verse of Scripture. Uh, Psalm 119, the largest uh, psalm that we read in the book of Psalms, uh, as the writer put this together. 
And he said uh, in verse 17, deal bountifully with your servant. I like that. That I may live and keep thy word. Uh, I like that. Uh, that. That's a powerful statement. And then he makes the statement in here uh, regarding this as we jump down. And he said, uh, make me or assist me in understanding the way of your precepts so I shall talk of your wondrous works. See, my soul melteth for the heaviness of the strength that you give me according to the word. So here we found deal bountifully. God will deal with you, not based on your circumstances, not based on emotion, not based on the challenges, and, uh, it doesn't, and, and not about crying, whining. No, God will deal with you based on the word. So that's why we study it. Now, let's go let, today with our study. Let's go to Acts chapter 17. And uh, we're going to begin our readings in verse 10 and 12. Now, once 10, 11, 12. Keep this in mind that there's no way that I can, in the time frame I'm in, start in Acts uh, chapter 15 go to 16, 17, 18, and 19 to really get the meat of what we're studying. So I have to condense it. So please uh, excuse me if I'm giving you a few verses. I know in order for me to give you the, the, the whole subject, I got to give you all of that, but I can't do it in the time level I'm in right now. So in Acts chapter 17, uh, chapter, uh, chapter 17, 10, and through 11 and 12, it says this, and brethren... And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither, or coming in, went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now notice he said they came into the synagogue of the Jews. So as we study this out, we'll find out that the synagogue that they went into was the synagogue of the, of the Jews. But the, in Berea, or Briona, as we understand that, the Briona or the Berean church was located in Macedonia. And it's just like on one side of me to the north, I have L.A. County. And then to the far south of us, we have San Diego County. We live in Orange County. To the east of me is Riverside County. There are 58 counties that make up our glorious state called California. And uh, so... If so, if we say Macedonia, well, then we're talking about a, a, a larger group or a larger section of land. But the moment we say the, the Berean or the Briona, we're talking about a section like equivalent to Orange County and then the cities that are within. Berea, the, the Berea church was located within Macedonia and there was a, a synagogue there, Jewish synagogue, but the men and women there were getting born again. Now, they had no physical, tangible edifice to build on their own, but they were using the synagogue. The, the synagogue was primarily made up of the born-again believers who had accepted Jesus Christ. I call it Bible saved. Washed in the blood, accepted Jesus Christ, believed in the heart, confessed with the mouth. So... When they came, they went to the Jewish synagogue, which were the Bereans were. And these, verse 11 said, I like this part, watch this. They were more noble, uh, they were more noble than those in Thessalonica. 
in that they receive the word with all readiness of mind, and then they search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed. Also of honorable women, what this is very important, also uh, honorable women which were Greeks and of men and not a few. The word not a few means all kinds of individuals. I mean, we don't have the number, but the, the city of Briona was getting filled with people that were born again. So we find in here that they did that. Let me, if I may, read verse 11 one more time and add something a little bit more amplified. This is not from the Amplified Version, but let me just expound a little bit. Verse 11. These Bereans were more noble. That means distinguished. That were, they were upright. Another way of saying upright is righteous. They were impeccable in character. See, the word had changed them so much that their character was shining forth. That's what was winning the city. And then it said, then those in Thessalonica. So now we're comparing the church to Thessalonica. But it wasn't saying that because of their pedigree, because of their financial status, or because they were from Berea, Thessalonica was one way. No, the, he said it here, uh, then those in Thessalonica. And then the word, uh, if you could capitalize it, the word in, I-N, the word in. So now we're describing how were they more noble? What, what qualified the statement they were more noble. The Berean church is more noble. How do we qualify that a church member today is more noble than a, another church member? How do, how do we qualify? How do we qualify a minister of the gospel being more noble than another minister of the gospel? No judgment, no condemnation, but the, the fruit is what we're talking about. The word in is very descriptive. The word in gives us clarity. Watch this. In or because or due to the fact that they receive the word. See, there are a lot of people going to church and they hear words that they do not receive. It's not enough for you just to attend a church and quote, if I could use this term, uh, go to what we, I would call a word of faith church and that instantly makes you word of faith. Doesn't make you that at all. I can walk into a, um, into a mechanic shop. That does not make me a mechanic. I can sit there all day and they could tell me all the tools. But that doesn't mean I'm qualified to work on your vehicle. I could walk out of there, have a little bit of comprehension about the tools, but that does not make me a mechanic. You can go to church, hear the word, don't do it, don't receive it. That does not make you powerful. Doesn't mean that the authority which is available to you is at work. Doesn't mean that all of the benefits are working in your behalf. People are claiming, well, God is a God of love. However, if you're not walking in love, then the knowledge or the reality that God is love isn't at work. We have to show love. We must walk in love. If you're going to say, I know God forgives, well, you got to forgive as well. There's action behind it. The scripture said in here, the word in, let me read it again, in or because or due to the fact they received the word with all readiness of mind. So when they came, they came ready to hear the word of God. They came 
with an anticipation. They came hungry. Let me, that's a good word. A spiritual hunger that was so dynamic, that was so overwhelming, it controlled their solical attitude. Their attitude changed their personal atmosphere when they got in the Word. It created in them such a desire that they just didn't come in. They came in adding something to a service. They came in adding to the assembly. They came in adding to the preaching of the gospel. I've come for the word of God. I've come to hear the word. I've come with this readiness of mind, the scripture said. And search the scriptures daily whether those things are so. So how did they search it? Well, once they were, they received the word and that whole, that time period of them hearing what was said, they went home and they studied on their own. So once the book was closed and the, what we would call the service was over, they didn't just go home and say, well, now it's that Sunday and it's over. No, they went home and daily sought the scriptures. That is why the Bible referred to them as becoming more noble. They were more noble than the Thessalonians. Why? Well, the Thessalonians or the people from Thessalonia, they were born again. They loved God. However, if you study the scripture out, they were debating over what, the, what was being said. They, they were told that there was going to come a time period of a taking up of the church in the moment of a tweaking eye. And they debated it. They fought that. I don't know. You know, we've got people that have passed away. And if that were true, they would, they, how did that even, I mean, they were, we could go on and on. They were born again. They're going to heaven. They love Jesus Christ. But there was in them not a readiness of mind to receive. There was a readiness to question what was being received. Now, I'm not saying that you go to church empty-headed. And I'm not changing. I'm not saying in there that you go to, go to any church and, and, uh, and, and just believe anything and everything's being said. You just can't do that. But you should have a readiness of mind spiritually and mentally to receive the word. Now you go home and then you study it to find out if what they said was true. Not what they questioned what they said, but rather you go in and study it and find out if it's true. And if it's true, how do I apply it to my words? How do I apply it to my mind? How do I apply it to my marriage? How do I apply it to my children? How do I apply it to my body? How do I apply it to my finances? How do I apply it to my future? Today I heard the word. How's that going to affect me 10 years from now? If I do what the word said and that was true what they said, then... I should be growing and, and seeing my faith grow exceedingly in 10 years from now. My life should be further established and I should see greater results and I should have joy that's unspeakable. I should have this, this manifestations of God and I should have what I say on a regular basis. How do I do that? In, the scripture said, look at that word in, very crucial. If you're going to study the Word of God, you must study it in the readiness of mind to receive. Anytime you open up the Scripture, this book is so important, called the Bible. It's called the Holy Bible. It's called the Word of God. 
It's called the oracles of God. It's called the command of God. It's referred to in scripture as the law of God, the statues of God, the ways of God. It's called the mind of God. It's referred to as the promises of God. It's referred to as the principles of God. Shall I go on? I mean, this is so valuable to us that as we do this. So, and then he said, and many believe. Your study of the word of God leads to other people believing. And what you believe, though, is how others believe. And so this is important. Go to 1 Timothy with me, 4.13. Let's look at a verse of scripture. Uh, Paul wrote to, the, to his son in the faith, Timothy. Timothy and Paul had grown together in Christ. And, and Paul referred to Timothy as his son of the faith. He goes, I don't have anybody else like Timothy who's such like-minded. What a statement that is. As a minister of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, and then speaking to ministers of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, very few ministers have somebody who's like-minded, who's somebody who's steadfast with a man, says, I'm with you, like a Jonathan and his armor bearer. And uh, who said to him, hey, Jonathan said to him one day, listen, the Philistines are over there. What do you think we should go? What do you think if we go and wipe out that little troop over there? And the, his man of God, he didn't have any armor. See, an armor bearer carried armor. But he looked at his man of God and he, here's what he said. He said, whatever's in your heart to do, do it. I'm with you. Now, here's, here's, what he, here's what's powerful about that. When Jonathan and his armor bearer went, once they got in, in um, fighting distance, then the armor bearer had to hand Jonathan his armor, his shield, his sword, his helmet, had to give him all of the armor that he had. Now, once he gave him all the armor, listen to this, the armor bearer was defenseless. He did not have a sword. He did not have a, a shield. He did not have a helmet. He had to wait for his man of God to slay individuals to pick up a sword and pick up a shield to fight. And, and this is what a servanthood is about. I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ. God, in the, uh, you have through Jesus Christ slain every giant. I pick up with the weaponries of the spirit. That's why you and I wear the armor of God. But when it comes to local assembly, we need men and women of God. We need men of God serving our pastors. Listen, I think it's a tragedy when we have more women who want to serve the pastor, more women who want to pray for the pastor, intercede, and the men don't. Now, and, and we've got to get our men around men. That will cut out all that adultery and fornication if we get rid of that. And then if we get the women of God to serve the first lady or the woman of God, the pastor's wife, serve, serving the kingdom, man. And then, then more than that, serving each other, not just the leadership, serving each other. Now, listen, this is a crucial that we understand that. That's for another time. But we need to learn to serve one another and, and honestly do it with great joy. We come to church. We come with the readiness of mind. Now, 1 Timothy 4.13, there's a translation called the verse concepts, and it says this, a translation. Until I come, give attention to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation and teaching. Now, until I come, Paul's talking, until I come, not Jesus Christ, until I, Paul, the apostle of the church, come, Timothy, I'm giving you an instruction. Give attention to the public reading of the scripture. Notice that word attention. Attention 
has to be backed up by attitude. Attitude and attention are twins. You cannot have scriptural attention until you have the scriptural attitude towards the Word of God. Until you have it towards the reading of the scripture, your attitude has to be right. You, you know, the, it, there was a time uh, that when people, especially in the Old Testament, it transferred over up into the 50s and 60s, started changing in the 70s and the 80s, and, and then it's very rarely ever done now. But it used to be that, number one, when the priest would walk in with the scrolls to read, everybody stood up if they were seated. They all stood up for the reading of the word. And then when the word was read, they said, Amen. Oh, man, they shouted out, everybody, men, women, children, whether you're married or not, everybody shouted, Amen. Oh, man, that's powerful. And they would also do that when the priest would walk in. Yeah, there was honor to this. There was honor to the word. There was honor to the reading of the word. There was honor to the man reading the word. To the person who was opening up the book of life. There was honor to that. And then we find that uh, that sort of slipped away. And so now, that's why, listen, I, I don't believe I'm above anybody, but I'm Pastor Art Aragon. And so I'm not your buddy. I don't want to be called buddy. I, see, I have two sons. I don't want to be their best friend. And scripturally, I'm not designed to be their best friend. They can have best friends through somebody else. The title given to me by God is father. Now, they can revert, put that down as dad uh, or any other frame of work in that setting. But no, I'm not their best friend. I can be friendly. We can be friendly. We can hang out and do things together, smile, laugh, and do things but I don't lose the, and about every day I see them, or when I uh, talk to them on the phone or text, I don't say, I'm your daddy. Listen to me. I, no, I don't do that. I'm your father. No, uh, I, I, don't, I don't do it that way. But that office is on me. Well, my office of pastor is on me. Anytime, like right now, I'm opening up the word. Any of your, when your pastor opens the word, any of the ministers of the gospel opens the word and is giving you the word. That's where that, a lot of people call that suppression. I don't call that suppression. I call that honor. That's where honor is. We've lost honor in this nation today. We've lost honor. I do not have Donald Trump in the White House. I have President Donald Trump in the White House. President, first title. He is, by all intents and purposes, he is the commander in chief. He has the title. That's what he is. And so, uh, and so I have to call him as such. My father has gone to heaven, but he was my father. He was my dad. My father lives with me. And when I, when I speak to him, it's yes, sir. Sir, what, sir? What do you need, sir? I don't say, hey, what do you want? I don't do that. I, I don't, I've never called him old man. I never called my dad old man. No, there's honor in words. But see, there's readiness of mind, and you can't give attention without attitude, and attitude creates attention to honor. Until I come, you give attention to the public reading, the public reading of Scripture. So the Scripture has to be read, read publicly. However, you will never with authority, with this honor, with this holiness, Give public reading until there's private study and reading. 
You have to do this privately. So anything you do privately is what you give from your heart. It's what comes out of you. Out of your belly flows the rivers of living water. Your inner man, the hidden man of the heart, should be full of the word of God. Should be full of the essence of God. So until I come give attention to the public reading of Scripture, of Scripture, not poems, not theory, not opinions. You'll never hear me say, I think, this is what it says. Or this might mean that. You'll never hear me. If you ever hear me say that, write it off right there. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to me. I don't like it when ministers say, well, I think, you know, I was thinking, no, 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 no. No, that's your personal solical mind involved trying to make it fit into something fleshly you want it to make. The word is the word. You can't change that. So give attention to public reading of scripture and to exhortation, encouragement, building up, and to teaching. This is so important. Now, studying the word of God is a scripture way of assisting us to stand through all the challenges of life. You're going to be challenged in life, but we need to read and study the Word of God. Let me, let me give you these statements here. The study of the Word settles the issue of who you are in Christ. It settles the issue. It ought to settle it. When you read who you are in Christ, that ought to settle it. Regardless of what's going on in life, regardless of who's saying what to you, you and I ought to settle that issue. Number two, the study of the, of the Word extinguishes the flames of carnality. The word of God, the study of the word extinguishes the flames of carnality. Your flesh wants that carnal. The word carnality we get from the word uh, in Latin or in Spanish we use the word carne, which means meat. Carnal comes from the word meat. And that also meat describes the mindset. So carnal minded means fleshly. It means natural flesh. So the study of the word extinguishes the flames of carnality. It makes you, it, it creates a distance between your fleshly desires and your spiritual intensity. So we've got to do that. Now watch this. Uh, another thing is study of the word creates in us, provides for us daily stra strategic information which leads to life change. See, people, we, there's no way that, uh, you know, I've heard so many people, come as you are. True, but you shouldn't leave as you are. And God never leaves you the same. God changes you. And if we trust God, then we'll recognize that God changes us. God changes us. So we need to he walk by faith and not by sight. But, you know, people only want to hear the word. That's one aspect of it. You got to read it on your own. You got to study it on your own. So the study of the word, it provides daily strategic information that leads to life change. Something else. The studying of the word embraces. Here we go again with this. This, this is where I get this from. The attitude and attention. And these two twins of attitude and attention they go hand in hand. Can't separate them. So if you're going to give attention, whatever you give attention to, your attitude's directed towards it. Whatever your attitude is creates the attention. Another way of saying that, wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart is. 
So here we have to realize, so I've got to study the word of God because my attitude's at stake here. And if my attitude's at stake, then so is my attention. Isaiah, let me give you this last verse, verse of scripture here. And I want to read this to you. Uh, well, let me read you two verses. Isaiah 28, 9 says this. Uh, and we're going to start at verse 9 and read to verse 10. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Now watch closely in, in this. Them that are weaned from the milk. Remember Peter said the sincere milk of the word. And drawn from the breast. Taken away from that childish way of, of feeding. For uh, it must be precept upon precept. Line upon line. And then here a little and there a little. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. And then here a little and there a little. Now let me read it this way. It must be precept. Principle which produces internal moral change. See, a precept is a principle that we live. And it is something that you and I grow in. Precepts create the principles we live by. And those principles create moral change. It's precept upon precept. More principles which produce, immor uh, uh, which produce moral change upon principles that are constantly changing us on the inside. Then precept upon precept. Now precept doesn't mean, well, what I think it says, what I might think. No, precept means comprehension. It, it, it means the knowledge that I gained in that. And then line upon line. And then here a little, here, there a little. That means that I, the more I study it, I get it. Oh, I got a little bit more. I studied, I studied it, I got a little bit more. So every time I read the word, I get a little bit portion, more of it. And more and more of God. That's why you and I will never ever run out of Hunger for God. We will never run out of the life of God. You can't run out of God. You can't get bored with God. You get bored with God when you don't read and study. See, if you don't read the Word of God by the Spirit of God, by faith, it's just a book to you. I didn't get that. I don't understand what they're talking about. Because you're logically reading it instead of spirit. This is a spiritual book. This is a spiritual book. And you got to read it from your inner man. Now, uh, Jeremiah 36, verse 14, reads this, and this is important. Let me just run down to verse 15 and 16 so, for the sake of time. Uh, you ought to read the whole chapter because it'll, it'll lead into what's going on. And then read the next two chapters. Very, very important. But there was a man by the name of Baruch, and, and he was instructed in this book, uh, in Jeremiah, and he was instructed to get all the officials together and to read them the word because they lack the word. So get all the officials, get all the leaders, get all the ministers, get them all together and put that word back in them. And it says in here, uh, uh, in the latter part of it, take, take in your hand the scroll, latter part of 14, uh, for which you have read to the people and come. So Baruch the son of Neri took the scroll in his hand and he went to them and they said to, and they said to him, Sit down. They said to him, sit down, please, and read it to us. Oh, once again, attention and, and attitude. And then readiness of mind. Please read it to us. Please. Oh, man. It would do 
It would do every minister such a great joy if every church shouted, please read us the scripture. Please teach us. Please show us what the words of life have to say. Please this day. Yes, let's worship God. Let's put our hands to heaven. Let's worship God. Oh my, what would happen if every church, every member stood up and said, please read us the word. Give us the word. And had their eyes excited. And it wasn't just natural, but they were all doing it. And, the, and, Baru, and watch this. And Baruch began to read to them. And when they had heard all the words, they turned in fear or reverence one to another and said unto Baruch, we will surely report all these words to the king. So whatever they heard, they had to do this. And this was so powerful. Now, this, this, this is important that we realize this. They had to apply it to their life. Everything they did. The Bereans, back to Bereans, you know what they did? They examined the word and they compared Old Testament and New Testament. They compared scripture with scripture. Here's what they didn't do. They did not compare scripture with their situation. They compared scripture with scripture out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, the scripture said. Well, we're trying to find people. No, look for scripture to be the confirmation. That's how we study to show ourselves approved. Once we do that, oh man, stuff starts happening. Listen, I want to thank you for joining me tonight. I believe this is a good time for us to spend together. And, uh, and I want to let you know that God loves you. God cares about you. God believes in you. And hopefully that my goal and my desire, my reason that I study to show myself approved, according to Timothy 2.15, study, show yourself approved unto God, that you can become a workman and not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, that I've inspired you to study and read and why we do what we do, why I give myself, not just to reading, but to studying the word so that I can present it to you with accuracy. I love you, and I want you to know that God loves you more importantly. If you were encouraged by today's message and believe it would be uplifting to others, then be sure to rate us and hit subscribe. To experience more of Heritage, visit us at www.heritageff.org. Again, thank you for listening to the Heritage Podcast today. And remember, Jesus is Lord.